0: so before we start this particular episode um i just want to say rest in peace to my um co-host mom um you know she passed uh it wasn't recent but you know when you have a parent that you might look to for strength or you know somebody that you could confide in um you know that can be hard so you know he pushed me um to you know look past certain issues i might have with my mom the you know come to a point to where i have acceptance because you know i might not understand you know things they had to do in their lives so um with that you know i want to thank my co-host with brown and uh let's get into the episode welcome back to detroit international today i have a one-on-one interview with my mother and we're going to begin into um a couple topics um you know mainly um how I was as a child you know growing up in Detroit and and how you know I survived that and everything that you know that comes along with growing up in the inner city and we're going to talk about how she views me now and uh the the, the uh, current climate. So um, stay tuned and uh, vibe with us. Let me introduce you. This is my mother. Hello.
1: Hello. How is everyone? So a couple things. Um, one of the things you know we have our ups and
0: downs in our relationship, but one of the things I carry with me, you might not remember this. Um elementary i was on the playground and oh by the way my mom worked at the school uh my my uh elementary school um if you kind of want to just get into that right quick before i continue well i was, I was the teacher's
1: aide at um at my son's elementary school so i was very involved at that time um as far as what they were doing who they were playing with making sure that they were up on their school work. I was kind of very, I was a little strict with that at that time with them.
0: Um, So you don't say with them, you can, it's me, you having a conversation, mom, you don't have to like You're addressing.
1: I was very strict (laughs) with Marcus at that time.
0: So, um, back to the playground, um, I just remember being on a playground, right, and, you know, some of the females I still know to this day, um, they was going crazy over this, like, light skin, you know, black guy. We can get into dark skin, light skin, whatever. But I remember, like, you walked up, and it was kind of embarrassing, but it's something I still kept with me. He was like, y'all don't want this chocolate prince? And I remember everybody just laughing. Like, I was like, oh, man, my mom just embarrassed the shit out of me. But then as I got older... Like I kept that as like a mantra into one of the things that, you know, keep me being the person I am, you know, because the way the mainstream media, you know, paints uh darker skin, man, either we get over sexualized or, or we're put down because we're not, you know, lighter skinned or whatever. Um, do you remember that?
1: Um, I remember a little bit of it, but I always thought you were a very attractive young man. And I mean, you're, you're an attractive man, not nah, to me. Hey,
0: listen, nice here, Ma. man. Oh, listen,
1: Mom, don't be trying to flirt with me, mom. All right. You made it, <laughs> you can't have this, you made it, right? You I don't flick. want it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you little scoundrel? <laughs>
0: <sighs> uh, uh another big memory I remember from elementary is the time I fake your signature. I don't know what I was going through. So I remember getting a note and you worked at the school. I'm like, Well if they really wanted you to have it, why don't they just give it to you? So I took that Oh no.
1: Note. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, not I worked specifically with your teacher that was Miss Bell, your second grade teacher. And not only that, you know, I had my little cleaning service. I also worked for her doing that. And it was parents teacher conference and she showed me the note. I didn't, I mean, I had mixed emotions cause I was like, Ooh, I'm going to whip his ass. But then I was proud because she was trying to do cursive. I didn't even know you knew how to spell my name and you spelled it right. Hey, listen.
0: I here. was like, oh. Hey, 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 listen here. You could do a lot of shit with an ass whooping is looming.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I'm proud. I was like, oh, he can curse him. He know how to spell my... I said, like, I'm going to whip his ass when I get home. But yeah, that was, now that was funny though. That was, that was, I don't even think i end up whipping you because it was just too fun. I just thought it was funny. I, I know I fussed about it, but I—it was just I couldn't believe it. I was too—I was too through. And you didn't yeah. have the very best penmanship.
0: Yeah, oh no, oh no, like my penmanship trash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Man.
0: so another that big was- memory from like my younger elementary days. Um, and and uh, what year was that when the tornado hit Detroit? Was that
1: Nineteen
0: Yes. Nineteen ninety seven. So, you know, me me being a young buck, we was waiting for you to come pick us up from school. He was a little late. So I was like, Man, let's walk home. You know, you know, my brother was all, he was like, No, let's wait for mom. I'm like, look, it's take her too long. She late. Let's go. Right? So, you know, I'm thinking I'm I'm you know, I'm showing you look, you know, I'm making things happen. So we, we get home, you know, you fly up. I just remember you giving us this horrific ass whooping, right? And you know, right. how, you, you know how you get a good ass whooping, like, you just go to sleep. <laughs> so um, I guess, um, so I'll let you, if you can remember what
1: happened
0: in between that while we passed out.
1: Oh, well, then I was outside. You know, just sitting on the porch with by You know, Grams was next door just talking to everybody. Gail had came and sat down on the porch. But then all of a sudden, it got dark. So everybody proceeded to go in their own houses. And before, I, I couldn't even, I got in, but as I was getting ready to close the door, I couldn't close it. The wind started coming. And it did. They tell you that a tornado sounds like a train. It sounded like a, a train was coming. I managed to get it closed. I ran upstairs and told y'all, get up. Come on, come on, come on. No, actually, you didn't come upstairs. You
0: said you was down. I guess you was down there trying to get the door closed. You called us to come down there. I remember Raphael. he rushed. And in my mind, all due, I was like, who the fuck are you talking to? I'm going to take my time. Coming downstairs, she got me fucked up. So as I'm, I'm strolling down the stairs slow, and I think y'all was already at. You said hurry we get to the basement. Y'all was at the basement door. All I remember is looking outside, and I seen the tornado, and I got mesmerized by it. I looked at it the minute I looked at it. It was blackness. That's all I remember. I guess you drive. I grabbed, my body but you know
1: why? You know why? Because. Remember the our house? You can come down the steps, go through that, go in the basement. You went through the kitchen and was I going the through living the, the living room. Going through the the dining room. No, you went right. through the dining room. Dining room and you was going, room. you was walking up towards the living room, and that's when the glass, because that's how you got cut.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how I got the cut on the side of my head to this day. You know what? Um... And it's so funny that the stuff you get into before something like that happens. I remember me and Man Man, we was arguing over some M and M's, but um. So, but I get to that in a second. So you drag my body in the basement, and I'm not sure because I guess I was out. I don't know. I was, uh, I was, I was kind of blacking in and out, so I don't know. I'm not sure how long we was on there.
1: Uh, did the house collapse all the way down? Like, how did we get out of the basement? No, we got out of the basement, but the house had shifted off the foundation. The roof in y'all's room, the part in y'all's room was off. So yeah. if y'all had been in there, y'all would have been sucked out. Yeah. And, um, you know, everything was on the porch. Um, I had to push the door open. Then we ended up... um. Well, Raphael ended up going down to Gail's house because when I came out of the house... Wait,
0: wait, hold on, hold on. So, see, look, fast forward. So, as I remember, as we came out the house, I was leaned up against you, and I seen all this blood on your shirt. And I'm looking at you like, oh, shoot, what's wrong? And then I remember, I, I like, um, I don't know if this is me building memories at this point. I think, I was, you like, you looked at me and started crying, and I think you put your hand... I mean, like, you took my hand and touched the side of my head that had the glass sticking in, and then that's when the pain hit me. Once I realized it was glass sticking out of my head, I think that's when I started getting pain.
1: But then, um, Mr. Stewart.
0: Wait, hold on, hold on, look at you, look at you, see older people. So after that, you carried me to Gail's house, and I'm bringing back up the M M&M and M thing. I remember sitting on the front porch, and man, man trying to hand me his M and M's, and I'm like, "No, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want your M and M's now. I'm dying, man." <laughs> and um, I remember you trying to take my body, and it was an ambulance at the corner, and they waved you off. They're like, "No, we ain't taking them." And then I, I, I was, I was kind of black in and out at this point. I think it was like, "Why?" I think I want to say it was empty. No, we ended up in the ambulance. No, we didn't. Some dudes yeah. pulled up in the truck and took us. Oh, you know what? Look at you. Yeah, I, the ambulance waved us off. I know that. Because I remember being in the truck and I'm like, who are these black dudes in this truck taking us to the hospital? Because to this day, I think about that. Like, who are these smooth-ass black dudes? Like, they came, because they, they stopped and was like, yo, Oh shoot, let's get this man in the hospital. Cause I remember they took us.
1: They they lived on they lived on Kendall on, on on the side of Kendall that I live on now. They used to. They don't live here anymore. At that corner house on the alley. I think they were gay. Okay.
0: Oh, well, well, all right. I just do some smooth dressed ass dudes.
1: Yeah, so, they were. You
0: know, so they, you know, they they got us to the hospital, whatever. And I remember getting to the hospital, and um, this dude, um, like, he was trying to get me in. He's like, yo, I'm trying to get my baby. He's a kid. He's a a kid. And, you know, I remember this dude was like, yo, all right, yo, I I get it. It's a kid with glass in his head. But I got glass in my ass. And I remember trying to laugh, but it was hurting. (laughs) The guy's like, I got glass in my ass. I'm like, well, damn. (laughs) I was like, I guess you can't argue that. <laughs> um Yeah. Then I just remember, you know, having them taking the glass out and they gave me the d dissolved stitches. Yes. And I just remember we we went back over there on on Kindle with no power. Right. Raphael was somewhere on the east side and shit, and hot dogs and having a good ass time.
1: Yeah, uh Gail's brother came and picked up um uh, a man-man and, um... Dang, oh, Jasmine. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I can't think of his sister's name. And Bradfield took him I to know. his house. Because, you yeah. know, the tornado didn't hit. It it, it did spots. So he took them over to their house.
0: But, see, you wanna know the crazy thing about, like, my childhood? Like, even not, we didn't have a lot. It just, you know, I had some of my best times just being... It's like, you don't think you're in the inner city until you actually leave the inner city. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Because you're exposed so, to
0: more. So I'll put it like this. So as a kid, I used to walk everywhere, go everywhere. I didn't think about danger. I think that's a lot with youth. But now, some of the places I used to go, I'm
1: like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a lot with youth. <laughs> But no, nah, it's just, you
0: know, um, you know, Detroit taught me a lot and, you know, and it also, you know, prepared me for a lot because, you know, we got this whole situation with the the police now and, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, I like I know a lot of white people that, that don't think it's an issue because. For one, they don't experience things how we experience. Right, and then half of them, half of them think, "Oh, black people are thugs anyway." But see, the thing people don't realize is a lot of people get second chances. You know, a lot of people fuck up in their youth and they get second chances. Some of them don't. So um, the story I'm gonna tell right now is, um, you know, me getting arrested. So I was hanging out in the neighborhood. Um, which I got an interview with one of the guys. Um, he was a real street guy, but right now he's a family man, good dude, uh Terrence, street dude. Like, you know, it's it's, it's a difference. You got you got hood, like like you got a hood dude and a street dude. I was always a hood dude. Like I dibbled and dabble, but street dudes is the dudes is really in making things happen. So we was over by the gas station and we was kinda talking. Next thing you know, um, hey, let's do a snatch and run, right, and when you're around your peers, and you know sometimes I don't even call it peer pressure, some of it is like you know drilling excitement and or whatever you want to call it, um, but it happened, and uh once we went in there. I think I grabbed like a honey bun or rice cream tree and a bag of chips. Ran out, boom. Uh we was we went around the corner and we was kinda, you know, talking with some people and we're gonna go deeper in this story when I uh interview Terrence. Um but I just remember cops came and it was like freeze, right? Everybody runs except for this one guy. He gets away because the cops chased the dudes that was uh running. So I remember running. As I'm running, I'm like, man, I ain't never ran like this before. So my body Yeah, I know. <laughs> <It's really funny. laughs> so my body is like, yo, you don't be pushing me to the limit like this. But I remember running, I did like a circle, and then I remember run I ran straight in the traffic, right? Boom, boom, boom. I'm dodging the car. So I run down the alley. And I remember I hopped the fence, right? But I had a tall tee on. So my tall tee got caught on the fence. And then This white officer came back there and was like, oh, you made me run. I love when y'all wear clothes like this. So I started getting my ass whooped in the back by these white cops. They started, like, stumping me out. Luckily, this black officer came in the back, of the backyard. He picked me up, and he was like, you lucky I was here, because it could have been worse, right, From, from what they was doing. So he got me. And I remember I was in the back of the... uh, as, as, So as I'm getting carried out to the police car, people started clapping, like, clean our streets. I'm like, what? I'm not a... <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't something I'm doing a regular. I ain't out here. So I remember just sitting in the back of the police car, and I'm just... I had the handcuffs on me. I'm like, yo, this is not... This is not the move. So I mean, I pulled my phone out. I tried to call diane's mom because I wasn't trying to call you. <laughs> uh, the cops stopped. They snatched my phone, and then we get down there. Um, so the funny part is, I, I'm going to just tell this now, but I'm going to retell it with Terrence. So I guess with well, the cops sense that I shouldn't be there. Terrence show up. They're like, oh, what up, Terrence? What you here for this time? He's like, I don't know. they giving this motherfucker snacks, <laughs> high five. They're talking to him and shit. Handcuffs. These these motherfuckers got me handcuffed. I asked for a juice. They told me shut the fuck up. I'm like yo, the, can I get a juice? I'm like Terrence guy, he got a juicy. This motherfucker got a honey bun and everything. Like he just like yo man, you wild man. What you what you do to? They they talking to him like they like like they pals. I'm like yo. So, they contacted you. You can jump in anytime. So when they contacted you, what what went through your mind?
1: Before that, I was even contacted. I knew something was wrong because you know, at that time I was I cooked every day. I hadn't even cooked and made a cake. I, I'm calling for y'all to come home. Right your brother come home. You don't come. I'm like, okay, now he know he gonna get it. He don't. You ain't calling me. So by now I'm mad. Then when they called me, I I just, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, Even before then, know, because I walked up and down Kendall. that little damn Donye saw me walking. He didn't tell me till I was walking back to the house what had happened. Because mm. then I got the call and then his mother came over and took me down to the police station to get you.
0: So, you know, and, and and uh this is where small things that can help a person uh you know build. So one of the cops you actually knew, um, because he works some after hour spots in the city. We ain't gotta right. get a name to what the names with the after hour spots is. <laughs> But but that you used to uh you know hit up and then, you know, y'all knew each other. And then uh I guess he told you what, you know, oh if
1: I knew that was your son, I would have took him. Uh, he, said he knew that if, if he thought you, if he knew you were mine, he woulda got you. And then he also said, "Uh, you need to get on the track team." That's what he told me. He said, yeah. "He yeah. said because that yeah. little nigga was running his ass so. <laughs> He needs to I be did. on the I track used, <laughs> team."
0: As I was running, I used my life force to run. That's how, that's how tired I was. That's why when when I jumped the fence and my tall tee got caught. I didn't even try to take my shirt off and try to run because I had no more energy. So I was just like, fuck it. I was caught. (laughs) That's what he had told Um, me, yeah. So being in a police station and being, they had me handcuffed to the um, they had me handcuffed to the stairs. The scariest part of that whole ordeal was when you came and see me. So like, I felt bad. It's like you know, it's like, dang, you know, you, you, not that I'm older, I see, but when I was younger, you just in that environment and you don't think past that, right? Right. Because a lot of, a, a lot of us don't have like, you know, big role models that's past what we see in our, you know, that, you know, our neighborhoods. So, but the way, like, the look you gave me and then, when you try to run up and like whoop my ass at the police station, the cop tells you back and the cops was like, Whoa, we wasn't going to keep you. Maybe we should send you home. And I remember asking the cop to put me in the cell. I'm like, can you please put me in a cell? I quit playing. I'm trying to do my time knowing, I knowing damn well, I didn't want to go in no cell. Um, and I just remember, you know, that ride home and the fact that you didn't yell. So I'm used to you yelling at me when I fuck up or when I, you know, did, you know, small shit. But when you didn't yell at me and then when you got home and uh, you, but when we got home and you sat quietly and calm and talked to me and, you know, I remember like it was yesterday, you had your, like, Alicia Keys, like, your secret's playing low. <laughs> and you was looking at me. You looking at me, you had a cigarette in your hand. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, damn. And then, you know, he was like, I'm not going to beat your ass, but I'm disappointed. And, you know, that hurt me more than, like, any, you know, ass whooping, you know what I'm saying, could ever do. Um, I just remember walking away. I couldn't even sleep after that. So, like, you know, as you was talking to me, like, what was, like, like what was you thinking? Like, how was you, like, viewing me, like, at that moment?
1: I just didn't. My greatest fear. I didn't want you guys to be a statistic. I didn't want. And I know you, you see it, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want my sons to be that. That's one of the reasons why I didn't like Terrence when he was little. I saw all that little street stuff, and I didn't. I didn't want that for my sons. I didn't want it. I knew y'all could be better, and especially you. I knew. It's something else for you. And I knew it. And I was just... I, I was just hurt. I didn't know how... Where did I fail? That's that's, that's what I thought. You know, what can I do? Because me and your mother, it, it still it falls on me. At that time, what you did is you were still a kid. But I just was thinking how how can I not let this ever, ever, ever happen again? It just can't happen again. So, you know, a, a part of that
0: why it happened is, so you think about the anger and everything else that get built up, like, you know, uh, like like I, I think we talked on the phone, but I, I, I didn't tell you this when I was younger, but like I had a cop that put a gun on my head when I was a kid. You know, because he said I fit the description. Like I was walking. Actually, I was on Pasadena and 12th. I was walking like away from where Pookie House is, so I was walking up towards 12th, and I got stopped. And the cop was like, "Freeze!" So when he said "freeze," like like my, my hand fidgeted um, a little bit, like I shook because I was nervous. And he pulled his gun out and put it straight to my head. He's like, "I told you to freeze!" And I remember just standing there. And he felt my pockets, and he was like, "Oh, it's just a cell phone." You know, he got some big brick phones. And then he was just like, all right. So then he was like, oh, I thought you looked like somebody. And then he was like, well, well, you should stay out this neighborhood. I'm like, I live in this neighborhood. Then he started laughing. And then left. You know. And after that, I remember just sitting on a, on a curve. And I just started crying. Because I'm sitting there like, what did I do? So then after that, I think I had a built up of anger to where I looked at it like if you're going to treat me like that, let
1: me give you a reason to treat me like that. Okay. Well, see, that's an experience I don't know. I can't speak on that and I mean, that's a valid feeling.
0: You know, so, you know, and 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 and, and, and to kind of bring it into today's you know, People are more upset about, you know, buildings getting destroyed than people getting murdered in the streets. So, you, you know, I look at it as like people are fighting fire with fire, and then most of the times it's not even people in those communities destroying; it's people from outside communities.
1: But well, yeah, that's who's doing you know. most of it now. Yes, but and that's because they they but, trying you know, to get it. They're trying to make the take away from the value of the protest. That's why they that's why those other outside entities are destroying the buildings and can, you know making making things they're taking away the real reason for the protest. Right. Because the people are focusing and talking about the buildings being destroyed. They're no longer talking about the reason why Everybody's out there protesting in the beginning.
0: Um, but you know, you know, with all that, it's like even with the whole, you know, Kaepernick thing, kneeling. Um, people are so mad about that, but not focusing on the issue. So when it comes to you know, you know, black people in America, um, well, you know, a lot of people it don't it don't affect you know most. Upper, I can say I ain't gonna just say white, but upper Americans, cause it's not in their face. So my base is I'm a, like my uh base in San Diego, is off Coronado. Coronado is a rich little island. So I have to drive through these mansions to get oh. to work. And you know so when San Diego put a curfew, so curfew is eight o'clock. I happen to be driving cause I'm a central personnel, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go get some food during the curfew. It's it, it wasn't a curfew for them. Go put a worldwide curfew, but you go into these so it's a curfew for some, but not for the affluent, you know what I'm saying so um but let me just get back to you know um what we talking about, so um as I got to you know graduating high school and stuff, so um, what was your you know take on my life before everything as far as what do you think I was gonna do and everything else?
1: I'm not quite sure exactly if I... I knew you you needed to get out of Detroit. Detroit was too little for you. You needed to go and and do something else. That's the only thing I knew. I didn't know exactly what that was going to be, but I knew Detroit... Detroit, you probably this wouldn't have been a place for you to be in. Your personality is too, you too much for Detroit. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You too much.
0: So like, so like when I first, you know, was thinking about going into the military, like what was your thoughts on that?
1: Um. As long as it was the Navy, I was okay. I was a little bit more afraid of um, the Army or the or the Marines. I thought the Navy or or even the Air Force. So I was okay with it. And then I thought it would give you a chance to see, to travel, to, you know, to go to different countries and explore different, you know, meet different people.
0: You know, that's yeah. But, you know, I mean, either way, you know, either way, I was good. I had, uh, I had Bulletproof Naeem with me. Uh, you know, my co-host here on Detroit International. <laughs> you know. He, had, he asked how you was doing. I oh, well, told way. him I he said hi. But you
1: guys went in at different times.
0: No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. I left oh, before for
1: him. But he's,
0: he. he he was the catalyst for me joining. Um, he was showing up to high school because he the one that got me the job. In the oh, yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, so he was, uh, we, you know, we was talking and he was just like, look, man. And this is how you talk. I- I'm trying to do this Navy thing, man. You know, I'm trying to get out of Detroit. So, you might as well come on here and do this Navy thing with me and quit playing. Come Come get the paper with your boy. And I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, and I think about them old 90s movie, like, <laughs> and look, no racial. It's not your war, black <laughs> man. It's not your war. Like <laughs> and I'm like, man. Um, but yeah, like, you know, um, I I I learned a lot of hard lessons and you know, I talk about this, and me and I ain't we 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 ain't bring this to the circle yet. This is what we call it a podcast. Like we call it the circle. We talk about you know us joining the military and how you know people don't realize how you know most minorities we start off, especially coming from the inner city, we start off with a disadvantage. So even the things I'm doing now, I got like, you know, I'm 31. I have a buddy. I have a younger. You know, I, I mentor a lot of people. I have a young dude that, you know, I'm cool with, he's 23. You know, dad brought him, like, penny stocks as a kid. He got a stock right now that's worth $400 per stock, and he got about 50, 60 of these stocks. So, you know, they have the concept of, you know, money and everything else. And, you know, just like how, I don't know if you heard about the kids from the Detroit Public Schools that tried to sue the school system because they felt like they wasn't properly prepared for college.
1: Oh no, I haven't. I didn't. I didn't hear about that.
0: Well, you know, like uh, oh. this happened a couple of years ago. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like it's like we're running a race, but but we're at the like uh, other. It's like everybody else has like a, uh, you know, like a uh, more of a start than us. So then, by the time we I can actually catch up to people. Some of us are burnt out. Right. Yeah. You know, I feel like that some days. I had a person say to me, he was like, Well, Cook, you made it here, so that shows that it can happen. But I told that person, I was like, I have to, I have to work twice as hard. And then on top of that, on top of that, I have to worry about being judged. Things, you know, the thing that I always say that, you know, as far as being a black man you know, everybody else gets the benefit of the doubt. Right. Right? All, all somebody got to do is say, I did something and people are going to believe it for the most part. You have people that be like, nah. But, you know, people are like, oh, damn, I can't believe Cook did that, right? Now, the job I'm at now, right? I have a racist white right. co-worker, right? And I happened to mention it to somebody about this said person and they was like, oh, her? I can't believe it. <laughs> really? But then this same, hold on, but this same person, when I went through my issue at the command and they heard a rumor about me, they automatically took Wow. It. See, but see, this is, like, this is the world we live in. So when, you know, black people bring up these issues, they get, they get, you know, oh, you guys are being paranoid. But see, you got some that's not paying attention, but I'm a type of, I always pay attention. Like me, everywhere I go, guy, right? So take my ex-wife, for example. My ex-wife is white. She didn't have to think about race until she had a mixed kid. I thought about race 11, buying a stone-cold wrestler, and I watched the kid next to me, uh, white kid next to me, because uh, you to me go, go, to go pick a toy out, and I'm being followed by this lady in the store, following me to each aisle as I look at toys. You know, me as a kid, I'm like, well, let me see if she's really following me. So I went to another aisle, and then she all of a sudden pops up in that aisle. So I know, you know, well, I know, I knew about race at a young age. You know, and I went through the, you know, like I said, I had the gun on my face and everything else. My ex-wife, who was white, didn't have to go through these things, right? So even even when me and her was married, she didn't think about race issues. And I'll tell this quick story right quick. You know she's from a small town we went to uh, um we went to a little diner she's it's my little favorite diner we got in there and the diner people looking at us crazy and we couldn't find a seat and then she's like it's a lot of seats in here and they're looking at her crazy i'm like yo let's go and she didn't peep what was going on like right they didn't want me in there but you know that's our you know her and her bubble and then it's, you know, really? Oh my God, I can't, be- it's just like, you know, p- some people don't want to believe it, you know. But like I said, when it's the, when it's flipped around, you know, people want to demonize us. And this is yeah. why black people are. Oh, angry. that's
1: exactly why, you that's know, exactly why on. they are upset. That's exactly why they protested. And that's exactly why some of them are vandalizing buildings and things. Because someone has had their knee on their neck and we can't breathe. Just get your damn knee off our neck yeah. so we can and, breathe.
0: And then, and then I'll tell you another story. And you know, uh, I remember I was on Woodward, and it's white, and you know, and I, and I ain't even trying to make it a race thing, but this cop. A lot of these cops come from these, you know, better neighborhoods, and they, so they come from you know Lansing and all these other places to police in Detroit. Right, and you know, Naeem used to be a cop, and even when he pulled people over, I went on ride-alongs with him. He didn't automatically, even if it was a guy that had like, he told like a guy had a warrant, but it was something dumb, and it was Christmas, so he let him go. He's like, "Look, man, just go go get that taken care of." You know, I'm trying to, but you know, the guy tried to give him a look. He's like, "I'm trying to send you home. It's Christmas. I want you to go home, right? Have a good Christmas." He ended up he ended up sending the guy home. He just told him like, "Hey." Get that taken care of because you don't, you know, next time it probably won't be me pulling you over. Right, I took care of him. But so the flashback to and he actually went and tried, you know, trying to make the changes in the community that he wanted to see. So but me as a kid, cop pulled up on me, Rafi, and Eric. He said, What are you little niggers doing? Tonight? Right. Right. So this is this is after I had the gun in my face. So I took a brick and I threw it at the back of the uh, police car. And I remember we ran. And he said, "If I catch you, I'm gonna kill y'all." We just we started cutting through the abandoned buildings and we hit a building, and you know he didn't, he didn't catch us, of course. But you know, these are the things that I went through as a kid. It's like you know so you can't tell me somebody that's from a uh, affluent neighborhood or, or like somebody who was sheltered who all they do is watch TV and look at statistics that's been warped, tell me that my you know right. experience is invalid when I lived it. This is true, you know. So, and then, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you another quick story real quick. I didn't put this out on the pod yet. So, when I first brought my Impala, right, I brought the, you know, like the new Impala body style when it first came out. So, I remember I drove it, and I was this is back when I was stationed in, you know, Nevada, small town Nevada, right? I drove my car. I got pulled over by a cop. He was like, yo, this you? This, this your car? I'm like, yeah. He was like, you sell drugs or anything? I'm like, no, sir. I'm in the military. Right. right. Being respectful as hell. Um. So he has my information. He's like, hey, what's your social? What's my social? You have my ID? You have my military ID? Because uh, uh, we changed it to the uh benefit number numbers. I'm like, you have my driver's license. You have my registration. You have everything. What do you need my social? Right. For? Right. So finally, his partner pulls up and they put me in handcuffs. They stand me outside my car. A dude sitting in my car, just playing with the just looking at it. His other the partner is taking his finger, you know, sliding his finger across my car, looking at me. Trying... So what they was trying to do, and I knew what they were trying to do, they was trying to provoke anger. They wanted a reason to take me out. And I wasn't giving them that reason. You know, but see, then again, why do we have to be like that? And then I don't want to hear you know people be saying oh white people are more killed by cops or whatever, but see black people are killed and nothing right. happens. Right, and, and that's and that's and you
1: hit dudes it right there. That's murdered. the difference.
0: Yeah, no, but like dudes are getting murdered, right? And people, so so like the thing is they can murder you and then make up a story. He lunged at me, or like you know the guy I was running. Um, right, he stole something. So let's say hypothetically he did. Don't mean you got to pull a shotgun out and put it and shoot him in the chest. Let the police handle it. If you, like, you're a former cop, let the police handle that. So, you know, but, you know, to, to, to kind of jump back to the thing, so they finally, like, they kept me there for, like, 30 minutes. So they finally let me go. And then when I got back in my car, they even waited in their cars. So I kind of waited till they pulled off. Because I... You know, I remember one, I got pulled over twice by the same cop. And he was like, wow. know, this is his first time ever pulling me over the second time. Yeah. So these are things I experienced. So, you know, when me and I, we had these conversations and we bring stuff to the pod and like, I'm not talking on my ass. I'm talking to, a. am talking to, I live, you know, live with my Uncle Tony. I live in, uh, you know, a little gated community area, nice neighborhood. And, you know, I still get crazy with. For motherfuckers who know why I live there. So it was like, <clears throat> you know, I only feel, you know, I said this before, I feel like an American only when I put on my military uniform. And it shouldn't be like that. Because with my uniform, I'm not looked at as like a black guy. I'm looked at oh, man, it's an American. Some people still might see me as that black guy, but it's it's crazy. You're just not seen as that. But, you know, this the the, the I feel like the race thing is always going to be an issue. It's always, you know, it's just a form of tribalism. So it's, people always got to yeah, and it's gonna, gonna it, and
1: know, this, and as far as black and white, it's always gonna be there. We're the only race that were brung here against our will. We didn't get to come over here on our own and see uh, the Statue of Liberty and all that. They brung us over here against our own will and kept us enslaved. It's gonna always there. It's it's gonna always be that way.
0: And then, you know, I mean, the past, you know, past uh, slavery, you had the Jim Crow laws and everything else. And then when, you know, when Black communities actually they, was thriving. They didn't want that. Um, you know, right. Black Wall Street got burned. You had Hastings Street in Detroit. And see, the thing people don't realize is, to keep it real, Black communities are a cornerstone right. to lift other races up. People step on our heads to get because if you look at, like, look at Detroit. People say, you know, it's dangerous and everything else, but every building in Detroit is owned by a different minority other than black people. I think the only black own business, and it's a couple that's popping up now, but I'm just talking about when I was younger. It's the African cat who owned that mobile off Davidson. I'm not even sure he owned it. Oh. You know, but then again, you know what I'm saying? But it's just it's just, you know, you got the, you got the Cowdeans with the Coney Islands, which I love, by the way, I miss it, but still, um you know, the nail shops and everything else. It's like, you know, because they, because other groups practice group economics. So that's the one thing I try to, you know, and I know you applauded me for, you know, staying in contact with my friends because at the end of the day, I can't do this shit by myself. You know, that's what people try to do. They try to get, like, they try to get one black guy and be like, look, he's the example. But at the end of the day, that one black guy be alienated from everybody else. So, you know, I keep in contact with Naeem and Octavius, who my boy, he opening up nursing homes in the city and just making things happen. But for me, I needed to get out of the city. Me and him talked about that. He always wanted me to stay, but he, he felt like, he was like, yeah, it was for my growth. Well see. To and he can see um, that. But yeah. Yeah. So um but yeah, I I appreciate you uh taking the time if you ever wanna, you know, come Well, back I would and, love to chop, chop it up, up
1: some other time and thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed myself sharing this dialogue with you.
0: Oh, I'm gonna tell it quick. Hey, 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 I'm gonna tell a quick funny story. You remember um uh <laughs> rest in peace of shine, one of my favorite one of my favorite memories. Um <sighs> We was all on the sidewalk and you you was hogging, I guess you was hogging a sidewalk. And he said and he said, Damn. He
1: said, Damn, how Delilah, much how much you sidewalk, sidewalk you need. Yes.
0: Well, I'm, That's I mean, all. Mean, right. I castigo, That's man. all right. Nah, like and rest in
1: peace. Head. It was funny. <laughs> that is one of my favorite because y- y- y'all, y'all laugh. Y'all still laughing, and that was what 15 20 years ago. <laughs> that was brought up to me not too long ago by your brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's a it's a funny moment. I laughed about that. It's not too many things. Um, oh, another thing we talked about. Um, uh, well not we talked about I was bringing this up with uh Naeem when I was talking about um you. I was talking about when uh you had that car that had the uh, window broken. Yeah, and you had the plastic on it after the tornado, and me and Raphael me and Raphael <laughs> used to fight to see who not gonna sit next to the broken window. Yeah, yeah, oh. I, I never sat next to that broken window. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Fuck that!" <sighs> it's cold over there.
1: Oh,
0: um, but no, it's it's just you know, it's I have so many key memories that 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 keep me going and striving. And you know, you you motivate me in ways you might not even realize. Um, to kind of you know keep pushing, and then you do small things to you know to to help me out. Well, if it isn't, you know, just being a grandmother or, or everything else, you know. One of one of the things I think about when I go through hard times, right? I remember, you know, when our power went out and you were scrambling to try to make um a way to make the food, not spoil and everything else. So I remember the power went out and I remember watching you just kind of rush. You ran outside, and I remember you was like putting Everything in the snow, like the food and the snow, and it kind of and powder snow up on the porch. Because I remember that next morning trying to get a bowl of cereal, and I was complaining that the milk had um, <laughs> ice crystals in it, and he told me to eat the damn to eat the damn cereal <laughs> and uh, shut the fuck up. So, um, so I, so I, so I, um, so I ate the damn. Cereal well, that's and, all that
1: matters. We got four. I
0: shut the fuck up. Oof. You know, but nah. you know, it's just and, and, you know, just being, you know, on, you know, Pasadena and everything else. And then even when I come home now, I run into older people that, you know, just the impact that you have on people that you might not realize. You know what I'm saying? Like even the guys that work at the liquor store, you know, back in. The, I mean, well, you can't go to jail for this now, you know, as a kid. Yeah. You know, you up <laughs> to the liquor store to get you, to you know, get your liquor. So I remember the one day I tried to get a bottle with my friends. I went in there. I tried to get a different liquor. And he looked at me. He was like, "Your mama don't drink this." And I was like, "All right." And I I left. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, he not let me. He he, he only let me get that one thing." And I said, like, hey, "But oh, I, I didn't want to drink that." <laughs> he denied me. Uh, I don't even know if he told you that happened. He's just like, Yeah, just go ahead and uh
1: I'll let you leave. I'm <laughs> like, all right, I'm going
0: to go ahead, and get on out of here. <laughs> no, they,
1: they I, ain't tell me.
0: I'll,
1: <sighs> I, I'll, no. I'll take the coke. They don't tell me. They don't just tell it. me I'll when you come when coke you do thing. come home and you come in there, they'll be like, I saw Marcus came in. He's home. I'm like,
0: yeah. But no, yeah, I you know, I'll pop up in Detroit. It's you know, people and then even people I'll talk to that I ain't talked to in years, like, you know, like, uh, I saw the Courtney and she the first thing she brought up was you. She was like, I'm never going to forget you because I'm never going to forget your mom and how your mom was, you know what I'm saying, like in that school. So, like you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, people be having impact. And people come up to me, like Terrence said, random while I was talking to Terrence, he was like, yo, I seen you on uh, Facebook, you know, you know, and uh, everything goes like you had an impact on me. I am like, oh, damn. So you don't realize the things that you know you might do might be you know helping Well that's good. Else I'm I'm really glad else. that he's doing so um,
1: very well because I was extremely concerned. I would have put all money that he wouldn't have made
0: it. He said it, and you know what? Some years ago, when I met up with him at Inkster, last time we seen each other, he was just like, we was kind of just chilling and drinking. He was like, Man. I was something else as a kid. He's like, he's like, now I know why your mom ain't want me around. He's like, I remember coming to the crib and you, your mom looked like, no, because <laughs> you know, you know, like when a kid bad it comes, but when they come to the door with the best behavior. Like, yo, can Marcus come
1: outside? And he's like, man, yeah, no, Marcus. Can't come was doing some, oh, yeah, man. Terrence was doing some straight up street stuff as a kid. Uh uh-uh. uh, no. It was. It was. But I but but see, and I'm glad I was wrong. Was. Because not to hear that he's a good family man and doing okay, that that does my heart proud. Prove me wrong. I'm really glad to hear that he's doing
0: good. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I got an yeah. interview coming up with him soon, man. So that's gonna we gonna get into a lot of you know stuff. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm real you know, proud
1: of that. Making it happen, you know. But son, I'm gonna have to end this now. Okay, I have really enjoyed myself. Thank you so okay. much for inviting okay. me. This has
0: all right. Well, you go ahead and uh uh go ahead and close. <sighs> well,
1: um, I have enjoyed my time. I hope everyone finds our dialect um, enlightening. Maybe you can take some things from it. And peace out from Detroit. Love you, baby. <laughs> okay. All
0: right, ladies. Peace. Too. peace. All right, peace.